the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I believe that Jesus Christ is the vital, the vital cure for every single malady that affects the church today. With Jesus Christ, we can overcome. With Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven. With Jesus Christ, sins can be set aside and hearts can be renewed and mission can be reignited. Christ is the answer. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's broadcast with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is entitled Alpha and Omega. That's Alpha and Omega, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com, along with many other broadcasts available there for you. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get underway with today's broadcast. Again, Alpha and Omega. Here's Pastor Mike. Dear Father God, we would be utterly lost without Jesus, and yet miraculously we are found with him. And I just pray today as we open our Bibles that we would know what it means to have the Alpha and Omega in our life. We don't want human wisdom, we want God's word today. So I ask you to be with me through the Bible and be with our church that we might live for you, love you, obey you. In Jesus' name, amen. I say this unabashedly. Jesus Christ is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And this he affirms in the first line of the letter that is written to the church of Laodicea, which is written for our time, is right there in the book of Revelation, is Christ's love letter to us that is meant to prepare us for the coming of the Lord. And he indicates he's the beginning and the end right there. In principle, the Alpha and the Omega. The Laodicean church is the last church age in Scripture. We are living during the Laodicean era. There will not be another church age after the Laodicean church. We are it. This is it, the seventh church phase. The church of Ephesus represents the first era of the apostolic church, which lost its first love. But when you track through the seven churches in the book of Revelation, you come to the seventh church, the church of Laodicea. And we are the church of Laodicea in prophetic time. And God has so designed it that the love of Christ that began in the apostolic church, that waned, would be reunited and reignited at the end with the people of God so that the fervor of the gospel can go to the world. But nonetheless, we are living during the challenging time of the Laodicean era. The Laodicean church has no heavenly gold, which is faith working through adversity. The Laodicean church has no ISAV, which is the Holy Spirit insight that is needed for the church to be able to see itself, to see the call of God in the world. And the Laodicean church in the book of Revelation has no white raiment, 
And this is perhaps the most troubling of the three problems here because the white raiment represents the righteousness of Jesus Christ that is a gift that results in the gift of righteous deeds in our lives. And so to look righteous, to have works that abound, but not to have the righteousness of Christ is to be bereft of Christ in our life. And so the Laodicean church that thinks it is rich is really a church that is poor, wretched, pitifully blind and naked since it is deeply in need of Jesus Christ to effect a new beginning. Friend, I say this without apology, that I need Jesus Christ in my life every day. Are you with me? I need him. I am not able to track five minutes in a righteous stance without the Lord Jesus. I stumble and fail in my life. Have you? And I find that those who are set on feeling that they have arrived, I'm not one of them. I'm not one of those perfect people that supposedly has it all together at the end of time. I struggle in my life for Christ, and I must cling to him by faith. That's where I am at. Maybe you're there too. So the last church age, like the pastor here, needs Jesus. Needs Jesus in the life. Christ is the Alpha and the Omega, and we're not going to make it to the end. I believe that Jesus Christ is the vital, the vital cure for every single malady that affects the church today. With Jesus Christ, we can overcome. With Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven. With Jesus Christ, sins can be set aside and hearts can be renewed and mission can be reignited. Christ is the answer. Turn with me to Revelation 3, verse 14, the beginning of the letter to the Laodicean church. Christ is speaking to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. You know, it's often that we just read over an introduction, but an introduction often holds so much in it that it encapsulates the idea of the whole, and so it is here. This is the first time in the New Testament that Jesus refers to himself as the Amen. We should pause and look at it and try to understand its meaning. And the New Testament is almost over when he says it. He says, I'm the amen. Now, when you look at it, you scratch your head. Now, what do you mean he's the amen? That's what we say at the end of prayers. That's what we say when we're sure of something. When you look at this verse, it is evidence that it starts with amen. And Jesus says, I am the amen. Amen means it is so. It is true. It's done. Let's get some practice here. Let's say amen. We got good resonance in the sanctuary right now. Amen. Let's say it again. Amen. Very good. Very often the Bible it's said twice, not just once. Now, when you look at the Bible in Genesis 1-1, it starts by saying, Breshit bara Elohim It's in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I mean, the Bible starts with explosive drama. God acted and it was so in the beginning. And when you look at the end of the Bible, it ends by saying, Amen, twice just like we did here in church today. Revelation 22, 20, 21. Take your Bibles and turn there. And let's notice this. Christ is saying, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I'm coming soon. And then what's the next word we have here? Amen. Come Lord Jesus. And then the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. And then what does it say? Amen. Amen. That's right. So Christ Jesus is coming at the end of time. What can you say to that? Amen. And the grace of Jesus Christ is going to be with you all the way to the end of time. What do you have to say about that? Amen. Amen. That's how the Bible ends. We should be saying amen and following those kind of things earnestly in our hearts. The second coming of Christ 
and the grace of Christ together are affirmed with a dual amen because that is what matters to God's people at the end of time. We're not going to get through the time of trouble because we're little Jesuses making up for his insufficiencies as a final generation that proves something he could not. That's not how it works. Friends, we're going to make it through the end of time because we're helpless without Jesus, because we rely on Jesus, because our righteousness is rotten rags without his white robe, and because the ISAB that comes from him is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will give us life for the time of the end. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Now, saints can be unsaintly at times. No. Can they? Sure, saints can be unsaintly at times. But you know, a saint is one who's called out. One who's holy, separated for God. If you're an unsaintly saint on occasion, thank the Lord that you're still His. And grow in the grace of God and let the grace of God work for you because that grace is with us to the end of the age. It's there to help us overcome, to assure us that Christ has not abandoned us even when we discover that we have faults of character. And this Christmas, I had a rough time. You guys ever have a rough time at Christmas? You did? I had a rough time. Big family reunion, sort of. And I was grumpy. You ever get grumpy at Christmas? You say, Pastor, what are you saying you were grumpy? I was grumpy at Christmas. You know, sometimes you get a family gathering and the dynamic doesn't quite go right. Your boys pull your strings a little bit, especially if they're young men. And I found myself being a little grumpy. And you know, at the end of Christmas, you know what I liked about it? That God's forgiveness is real. That God's grace still stands. That relationships are still solid. And through the ebb and flow of life, I have Christ with me. Therefore, I can grow. Do you need to grow? Some of you honest folk do. The rest of you need to admit it. That you need to grow. We all do. We've heard so much in the church about perfection. The perfection that will make you perfect is Jesus' perfection. The perfection that will put you on the other side of the millennium in the resurrection of the condemned is the one that belongs to you. Our perfection is worthless. Christ is all in all. So Christ is coming at the end of time. Amen. And the grace of Jesus is with all his saints. Amen. And the second coming of Christ and the grace of Christ are affirmed with a dual amen because that is what matters most just before Jesus returns. So let's go back to Revelation 3.14 and look at the verse and zero in on it. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. The verse starts with amen and it ends with the beginning of God's creation. It starts with amen and it ends with the beginning. That's backwards. Usually we start with the beginning and we end with amen, right? But it starts with amen and ends with the beginning. You see, friend, creation started with an amen. And it will end with an amen that is a new beginning. And so there is reason in this verse. It starts with Jesus as the omega, the end, the amen. And it ends with Jesus as the beginning of the creation of God. Now, when you look at Genesis 1-1, as soon as God said, in the beginning, he presupposes there will be an end. As soon as he says it starts, it means something must end. And so we have the framework of human history mapped out in that very first statement, in the beginning God. Now, in the middle of this verse, Jesus is the faithful and true witness. Faithful and true. In fact, the Hebrew word for amen is etymologically related to the word emmet for truth. So faith and truth are related to amen. He says, I'm the faithful and true witness. 
But He is more than faithful and true. Friend, Jesus is the faithful and true witness. The word witness is martyr in the Greek. I mean, Christ bore witness to the truth by going to the cross of Calvary and dying for our sins. He is the true martyr. There's only one place in the Bible where Jesus is called the Amen with clarity in the Old Testament. We find it right here in Revelation 3.14, but only one in the Old Testament where it's utterly clear, where all the themes meet in the Old Testament. And that is the only place in the Bible where wisdom created the world. Revelation 3.14 points to this place. In fact, it's taking us back to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 8, 22 to 30 is the thematic center of the Bible. In fact, Proverbs 8.30 is the exact linguistic center of the canon of Scripture arranged by the providence of Christ in the 16th century. And if I had two days, maybe two hours, I would prove it to you. You are listening to Reaching Your Heart. More with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. A reminder, we are a listener-funded ministry. We do appreciate your support. If you can help us out with a financial contribution, here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. You can also find us on the web at reachingyourheart.com. Here he is, Pastor Mike, once again. Proverbs 8.30 is the most central verse in the Bible, the very center of Scripture. Let's take a look at these verses here. Proverbs 8.22. The Lord Yahweh, which is the God of Abraham, the God of Israel, possessed me at the beginning of His way. Before His works of old, verse 23, I have been established from everlasting. From the beginning, before there was ever an earth. In fact, the book of Hebrews says that Christ created the ages. Before there was a was there was Jesus. Before there was a first cause, He was the cause. When there were no depths, verse 24, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. Now here wisdom is personified as this powerful, intelligent presence that was with God at the dawn of time. The Hebrew literally says in verse 25, I danced or I twirled. This is the preexistent Christ. Here, described as wisdom at the dawn of time with God dancing in the joy of His created order. You know, when Adam and Eve were made, they didn't just, you know, stand there and say, Hi God, how you doing? The pre-existent Son of God took them in a love dance. And they danced around the fire of the Holy Spirit in the land of Hava, the the land of twirling, the land of gold, in that pre-realm, that early realm of Eden. Verse 26 while as yet he had made the earth or the fields or the primeval dust of the earth, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Wisdom here is the beginning of the creation of God. Wisdom is speaking as a person. Wisdom is proclaiming that I was there with God. I know Him. And you can look at the action here. Wisdom is God. The Bible says in John 1, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Wisdom was with God. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is the beginning of the creation of God. Jesus was in the beginning, friend. Here's why. Because Jesus is the beginning. You cannot start over in your life without Jesus. You cannot overcome that old failed past unless Christ is the real beginning for your life. He was the first beginning. 
The text continues in Proverbs 8.30, which is the exact center of the Bible, the linguistic center of Scripture. And we know this because there's a panel block structure that starts in Proverbs 8 and Genesis 1. It goes left to right. And the chiastic peak of Proverbs 8.30 unites the structure to verify that verse 30 is the exact center of our Bible. Now let's look at it. Then I was beside him, that is beside God. And what does it say in your translation? As a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. Now, this word master workman in the original Hebrew is the word amon. It's an ancient form of the word amen, amon. In fact, the Egyptians got the name Amun-Ra from this ancient word. And it means something which is so. And as it is applied here, and as it was understood at that time, this word can mean a master workman, an architect, or it can mean a master builder, kind of like a carpenter. Now, what would you expect at the center of the Bible? Some philosophical theme about the great controversy? Friend, the Scriptures point to Jesus Christ. At the heart of the Bible is the master workman, is the carpenter king, the architect, the amen, the amon. You know, not Amun-Ra, Jesus, the Amen, defined right here in Scripture. Verse 30 is the real Amon here, not the Egyptian thing. The word means master craftsman, as I said. I look at this verse and I see the carpenter king who made the world right there in that verse. There are only three books of the Bible that speak of the tree of life. Genesis, Revelation, and Proverbs. The tip of the tree is Proverbs. And at the center of wisdom is the master builder. Jesus says, I am the amen, the true and faithful witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He takes the bookends of Scripture, in the beginning God, and amen in Revelation, and he points us to this verse, and he says, I am the amen, Amon, the master workman, the builder. There are only three books of the Bible, as I said, that speak of this. Proverbs is in the center. In Proverbs, wisdom is a tree of life. And wisdom here is the beginning of the creation of God that made everything that there is in life. We live in an age when so many people want to look smart. Right? And we want to feel good. We get in Sabbath school class, we want to make sure we have smart comments. I am an intellectual Christian. And we sometimes speak like that. And you know, I think it would be better for us to realize that none of us are smart. That what we really lack is the wisdom of God. That Christ's presence brings a heightened intelligence. Christ's presence brings the wisdom of God that helps us to love each other and live for Him. We can't even understand our Bible without the Holy Spirit, can we? But with the wisdom of God, with the presence of Christ, we can understand things that are far beyond us because Christ lives and breathes in this book. When I see smart theologian types denigrating the Word of God and acting like it's nothing but a bunch of human failings and somehow God worked with this failed prophet, you know, and their messed up writing and their bad social skills and their bad intellect and all the rest, I get tired of hearing that kind of thing because when I read my Bible, you know what I find? The Word of God. I find the living Christ in this book, and the amen is alive. Peter calls the Bible the living and abiding word of God. Wisdom in Proverbs 8.30 was in the beginning with God as the amen, the amon, the master workman. Amon can mean architect. The carpenter king is at the center of our Bible. Friend, why would Jesus bring this to the attention of the Laodicean church? Because we in the last church age need to know Jesus as the wisdom of God. 
We need to stop trying to look smart and we need to surrender to the one who is the wisdom of God. The final church age needs to know the one who created the world as the master workman, that he is the very carpenter king who can recreate broken down lives, who can build us back and make us what we need to be. The text says, I was daily his delight, daily God's delight, rejoicing always before him. Friend, Christ was in the beginning because Jesus is the beginning. The wisdom of God that makes everything happen is Jesus. I have found in my life that nothing good stays unless Christ is wrapped around it. I'm sorry. No idea, no achievement, nothing has a future unless Jesus is the center of it. Dear heart, you cannot start over in your life unless Jesus becomes the wisdom of God in your life. You can't. But with Christ, you can and you will. Friend, Jesus is the wisdom of God that made the world. And Jesus is the wisdom of God we need in the last church age to be ready for the second coming of Christ. Christ will be coming for a people who want him to come, who yearn for his coming, who desire it more than life itself, who have poured their energy, their life, their wealth on the line to see Jesus return. Christ is coming for a people like that. You know, we don't need to be smart to be saved, but we do need to be wise to not be deceived. We don't need to answer every question that doubters can raise, but we need to have the answer in the person of Jesus who can raise us from the grave at the end of the age. Friend, we don't need to excel at theology and philosophy, but we do need to excel in knowing Jesus. And in our Bibles, we can know Jesus. Practical. We don't need to prove how creation happened. But we do need to have Christ become the first cause and the primordial principle of a new creation that's alive in him so that we are transformed people. Friend, Jesus is the beginning of the creation of God. And Jesus is the amen, the master workman who makes all things new. You know, the film, The Passion of the Christ, I saw it when it came out on DVD. And boy, is it horrific. Wasn't it a horrific kind of ride? And I think Mel Gibson got most of it right. A few things here or there. But one thing he got right that I really appreciate, it's my favorite part of the film, is when Jesus is collapsing under the weight of the cross. And his mother comes to him. And she's heartbroken about how on earth is he going to make it. Her baby boy being beaten to smithereens. And then Jim Caviezel the actor so perfectly captured, I think the Holy Spirit helped him to say it. With tears and with a trembling voice, he personified Christ by saying, you don't understand, I'm making all things new. I'm making all things new. Friend, the Laodicean church needs to know that Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God, the source of God's creative power to start over. A personal presence that brings the saving God to us. The amen, the master workman who himself builds up the life. Our carpenter king can fix anything that is broken. I find that most people aren't struggling with what we call perfection. They're struggling with what they call survival. Am I right? So they're struggling with survival. Friend, the Lord can help you survive and the Lord will finish the work to get you to his perfection. But don't be surprised if God's perfection is not what you thought it would be. You know, you may come to the end of the road and feel, Lord, I'm so unworthy. I just feel so faulty. I didn't make it in so many ways. But I love you. And the Lord will say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's humility. And you didn't even know you had it. 
You see, sometimes when we think we've arrived, we've not arrived. We need Jesus to lead the way. 1 Corinthians 1.22. Take your Bibles and open it. Paul says, For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach what? What does he say? Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to the what? The Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks. Now here's the key phrase. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God, the power of God created the world. Christ is that wisdom. Christ is that power. You know, if you want a religious experience in the church and you don't want Jesus in it, you've got the wrong idea. Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is the amen. And that makes Jesus the center of all that is worthy of worship in our lives. I don't want to worship anything that doesn't draw me to Christ. I worship God because Christ is in the mix. In fact, Christ is the God I see. I would know God if it weren't for Christ. In the book of Revelation, when heaven worships God, you know what heaven says? You'd never guess. Amen. Let's practice again. Amen. We got a few here. Say it twice. Amen. Now, Jesus says in Revelation 3.14 that he is the amen. Now, connect the dots. If Jesus is the amen and they say amen, what are they saying when they worship? Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Amen. Because it's the same thing. It's a heavenly worship name for him. It's more than what we think it is. Now, look at Revelation 5.14. Let me prove it to you. The four living creatures said amen, and the elders fell down and what? Worship. Now, here they're saying amen before they actually worship. Amen. Thanks for listening today to Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. We are a listener-supported ministry and would love for you to partner with us as we continue to present Christ-centered, biblical truths of Scripture in practical and relevant ways. Call us right now at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Visit the website reachingyourheart.com to find out more about this ministry, Reaching Your Heart, and Pastor Michael Oxentenko. That's Reaching Your Heart yourheart.com 888-244-HOPE that's 888-244-4673 you can donate right there on the website reaching yourheart.com 888-244-HOPE thanks for listening and as always we do pray that God is reaching your heart Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.